But what's really wild is that when those comments come from others, they're never about you. It's about them and their own complicated relationship with food. Hey there, I'm Ashton Cope, a wife, daughter, sister, and mom obsessed with food, but more specifically, seasonal foods and the simple, peaceful lifestyle that comes with living more in tune with the seasons. For years, I've struggled with helping my picky eater to keep an open mind and create a healthy relationship with food. And through the struggle, I discovered that I was the problem. I overcame so many obstacles and figured out new strategies for the picky eater mealtime mayhem, and I am so happy I get to share them with you. Get ready for me to ask you the hard questions and cheer you on through this workshop slash coffee with a friend style show. This is the Eat Your Seasons podcast. Hello, my friend, and welcome back to the podcast. I hope you're feeling rested after a nice long weekend here in the States. So today I have a question that I want to ask you, and I want for you to take a minute and really think about this. When it comes to your inner dialogue and the way that you're thinking and speaking to yourself about the food you eat and the body you're in, how kind are you? You know that put a finger down game that's so popular on social media? Let's play that with five phrases that we may not even realize we're saying to ourselves and the food that nourishes our bodies that are actually doing more harm than good. So I got these phrases from Huffington Post and I want you to put a finger down for each one you found yourself saying to yourself or others. I'm going back for seconds. Don't judge me. My diet starts Monday. Are you going to eat all of that? I was so bad for eating blank. Ew, ugh, how can you eat that? So how'd you do? If I'm honest, ugh, I've said a few of these as much as I hate to admit it. And you know, the thing about, and I say this word very carefully, but as someone with plenty of personal experience, toxic speech around food, is that it's never about the food itself. It's not even about us eating the food. It's about how we've been conditioned to see good food and bad food and healthy behaviors as well as unhealthy ones. So if someone's ever said any of those toxic pointed comments to you in the past, first know that I'm so sorry and I know firsthand just how it feels. I have been a quote unquote good eater all my life, which was a dazzling comment when I was younger. And then somewhere along the way, it became a way to demean me and make me feel like I'm doing something wrong and a means to mock me. Now, while I can totally laugh at myself, I pride myself on that. And oftentimes that phrase is used by those closest to me who truly do mean it in a loving and sarcastic way to tell me that they love me exactly as I am. There are so many times when comments like, are you seriously going to eat all of that? Or a, ew, how can you eat that? Can hurt and they can hurt really bad. Side note, I'm feeling so triggered by that one because since I 
was young, young, young. I have heard that exact comment from so many childhood friends because I liked mayo, of all things. But what's really wild is that when those comments come from others, they're never about you. It's about them and their own complicated relationship with food. Maybe they wish they could be an open-minded eater like you. Maybe they wish they could relax and enjoy their food without guilt or self-deprecation. Or maybe their insecurities have just made them super rude and judgy. Either way, it is so not about you. This episode is brought to you by my ultimate meal searching guide. This free clickable guide offers all of the search terms you need to choose a quick, tasty, and healthy meal that you can whip together any night of the week. With keywords including vegan, keto, and dairy-free, even the most specific of palates and diets are sure to find something delicious. I want meal planning to be simple and painless, so my guide is downloadable right to your phone and finding the right meal is as easy as tapping the term that sounds best to you, and your Pinterest app will automatically open with the search results so you can scroll and choose. To download my free guide, you can head to ashtoncope.com slash search terms. That's A-S-H-T-I-N-C-O-P-E dot com slash search terms. Happy meal planning! But what about the comments you make to yourself in the privacy of your own mind? Ugh, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but those ones are definitely about you. They aren't true, of course, so they're absolutely not to be believed as truth. But they do stem from a place of deep-seated fear and insecurity around your body, your eating patterns, and your own relationship with food. Of course, this is a result of decades' worth of toxic language that we heard on a consistent and regular basis from friends, family members, and most of all, the media and entertainment that we consumed throughout our entire adolescence. The words we use to define ourselves, our eating patterns, and the food that we consume are a direct correlation to how we treat ourselves. So for example, I recently overcame a huge obstacle of my own in how I talk to myself by swapping my belief system for a much more positive and understanding one. So I now say this to myself multiple times a day. I am making blank choice because I love my body, not because I hate it. This goes for rest, exercise, nourishing foods, comforting foods, the beverages I drink, and so forth. So many times I found myself pushing through an exercise or eating some type of food, and I wasn't enjoying any of it because of the way I thought about myself. I was doing it to change myself. I was doing it because I hated how I looked or I hated how I felt rather than doing it because I loved my body and I wanted to give it exercise. I wanted to move it so it felt good. I wanted to feed it nourishing foods. And if I thought about it that way, I would have enjoyed those meals a lot more. The way that we're speaking to ourselves about food automatically comes out and our loved ones are exposed to it, especially our kids. Which means unless we make a conscious decision right now to break the cycle and change the way we see ourselves and speak about our food, history will just repeat itself 
and our littles will grow up exactly like we did, fearing food and grappling with self-image and diet culture for their adolescence and into adulthood. Because the media and entertainment industry isn't making any huge changes anytime soon. Sure, there have been baby steps here and there, but for the most part, it's still extremely toxic. And also, those set-in-their-ways friends and family members may not be going through a crash course in positive self-talk. So who's going to help our tiny humans to see just how wonderful they are and the food that we have so readily available is? In episode two, I dug into good, how good seasonal eating is for our health. And that includes our mental and emotional health in ways that you may not have thought of. So if you're looking for some new habits to create more positive space around the food that you eat and the intention behind it, make sure you check out that episode. That was episode two. So to help you reframe some of the things that we have all been hearing our entire lives, I want to give you some word and phrase swaps from toxic ones to positive ones. So listen closely, lean in here for this. Instead of saying, it's good for you, or it's healthy, say, it gives your body the energy it needs to play and run around. Instead of saying, that is bad for you, or that's junk food, say, this food gives us comfort, but it doesn't give us very much energy. There's different foods for different times, and right now is or isn't a comfort time. Instead of saying, oh boy, we have to get on tra- back on track. Instead of saying, oh, we have to get back on track. We've been so bad, or we cheated so bad last weekend. Say, how yummy was all the food we got to eat this weekend? Let's pick out some more yummy meals for this week. What do you think we should make? A lot of the conversations around food that we have with our kids are actually unspoken. We speak through our actions and they respond by following our lead as we model the behaviors that will help them in the long run. Creating guilt and shame around food, no matter what kind of food, is never a strategy that will help them. It will always end up harming them and their relationship with you. I know this topic is super duper heavy, and I know we're digging deeper than normal, but this topic is so near and dear to my heart that I knew I needed to share this with you today. Wherever you're listening to this episode, I hope you give yourself grace moving forward and you take the guilt out of your meal and snack times and you bring the joy back into food like it was when you were young and you hadn't been exposed to all of the toxicity in the world. Be kind to yourself. There are little eyes and little ears paying very close attention. To lighten things up just a touch, (laughs) I wanted to share that my little Ruby has requested to come on the show next week. She wants to be my first guest. Um, I am taking the girls strawberry picking today in an effort to walk the walk and not just talk the talk about seasonal living and seasonal eating. Someday, I hope we can walk right to our backyard to go picking for our fruits and veggies, but until we have the energy and time and finances to start 
a backyard garden, we are heading to a local berry farm called Bird's Berry Farm in Belding, Michigan. And we're going to pick some strawberries so that we can get home and make some freezer jam. I have never made freezer jam, but my best friend's mom made it every summer and I have such good memories of strawberry freezer jam. <laughs> so um, not only are we going to be sharing about our experience picking fruit and let the girls kind of share with you next week, um, we are also, when we get home, going to work toward our own strawberry freezer jam recipe and our first try at uh, canning. So the girls are super excited about coming up with a freezer jam recipe. Um, it's sounding like it may be our very first recipe to go into the kids table cookbook that we are working on TBD as to when that's going to be released <laughs> since this will be our first recipe, but we are determined that this is going to be a thing. The girls are going to help me from start to finish dreaming up the concept for this cookbook. It's going to be a seasonal cooking book that are going to be really simple recipes that not only would you find at the kids table at any family dinner, um, but also that the kids can actually help you make um, because they're really easy and hopefully mess free. I mean, that's, they will be mess free because I'm not that mom. I will not do that to you. <laughs> So we're really excited about that, and next week we'll be able to show up and explain our heart's content, how much fun we had, and what we would have done differently, and all the things in between. So until next week, I will talk to you then. Hey friend, you've just finished another episode of the Eat Your Seasons podcast. I'm so thrilled and honored that you spent your precious time with me, and I can't wait to serve you more and more each week. Is this show speaking your language? Be sure to leave a review so more moms like you can find me and tune in every single week. If you'd like even more meal inspiration and seasonal living goodies, be sure to find me on Instagram at Ashton Cope, where I'm struggle bussing my way through reels and internet trends. For all the freebies and referral codes from today's sponsors, you can head on over to ashtoncopeblog.com slash podcast. See you there.